Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Reset Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Mignot, CEO of the Cultural Communications Agency, D-Flash. Each episode, I've been a different business leader, entrepreneur, who's doing game-changing work. And I'm so excited to have the most amazing connector on the planet, Susan McPherson, who's the founder of uh, McPherson Strategies and the author of the new book, The Lost Art of Connecting. Uh, and we're going to talk about connections and, you know, making making those connections come to life in really awesome and, and important ways. Take a listen. Hey, Susan. Hello, Laura. What a joy it is to be here. Uh, so excited to have you. Uh, so on the podcast, it's really easy. The questions are always simple and light and breezy. And the first one is, Susan, what was your first job? My first job was literally moving files from one file drawer to another of people who had died in Albany County in upstate New York. What? Yep. <laughs> uh, I bet you never got that, that one before. Yes. No, that, that is, was, oh, wow. This was, okay. <laughs> this was in the dinosaur age when, of course, the internet didn't exist. We're talking probably 1980. Um, I was 16, um, which, you know, was the legal age to start working. Actually, I was 15. And because I was working for this, like the county, they made exceptions to allow you to work at 15. So, of course, always being like the enterprise youngest child of three, I was mm -hmm. like, sure, I want to make money. Oh, my God. The good news is I got my least favorite job passed before I turned 16. <laughs> well, um, that's a job where I'm sure you learned things that okay, I won't do that again. And but right. organization is, is important. And, you know, learning about people's stories. And I'm sure you read some of their uh, files, records, yes. as you were kind of going back and forth so kind of <laughs> understanding who people were so like it does play into where you are now a little bit <laughs> so, that's why that's why we always ask because uh, it's funny when folks like whatever job they kind of come go to it kind of correlates to what they're doing now even if it's like okay never do that again or mm -hmm. it kind of pointing me in a direction of like I'm fascinated by people so there see there you go <laughs> even dead people yeah, even <laughs> even dead people. Uh, so, okay, so we go from reading about dead people to now. What was that kind yes. of um, career journey like? Oh, my goodness, Laura, I've had nine lives at this point. <laughs> um, and I will say that the good news is I always took that door or I always opened that door as scary as it may be. So because of that, my journey has been so um, all over the map. And, I, and I'm happy about that. Um, I studied uh, broadcast journalism in graduate school, but my first kind of real job was working at USA Today in the 80s, which if you're going to think of like print journalism, it was as close to broadcast journalism as one could be. And then I ended up with a company for 17 years um, with a five-year stint in the middle where I went elsewhere, but that company was PR Newswire. And what I did with PR Newswire was literally every two to three years had a new role. So I was always that person, and I hope it's okay to say a, a derogatory term on your, but I was that woman who got shit done. So You're they allowed. Would have me, <laughs> they would have me, they would have me run special projects. So I helped open our offices in Beijing and Shanghai, and I wow. helped create new products with partnerships of, with our sister companies that were big publishing companies. So in other words, it, I learned how to be a, 
an entrepreneur within a company, an, it, essentially an entrepreneur. Wow. Um, awesome. But I always had one foot out the door as a volunteer with nonprofit organizations, eventually working my way up to sit on various nonprofit boards. So therefore, I became the quote unquote go-to person when the company and specifically PR Newswire would be trying to figure out who to fund, which gala to attend, what cause to get behind. And that, dear Laura, was how I started to oh, like learn about corporate responsibility and what ah. business can be doing to help the world. Um, and you know, the, the reason I bring up being an entrepreneur is I founded my company at the late great age of 48, and that was eight years ago. And I would never have been able to do it having not had that experience of running like businesses within a business. Uh, you know, that, that experience propelled me to be able to at least quasi know what I'm doing. I will tell you eight years later, I still really don't know what I'm doing, but I have a great team that makes everything come, makes, you know, turns the pie crust into pie. Awesome. So hopefully that gives you a bit of a sense. Well, you know, it's interesting because it's like, you know, it's oftentimes the experience that you have within the job that you're in that gives you the experience to be like, okay, you know what? I can, I can make that leap out into the real world. And even if I don't have a plan, I, I've been here before and I can figure this out. And that's, you know, exactly. always a great part about entrepreneurs. And so, yes. and I, you, no, go ahead. I was, I was just going to say the other thing that I have found in my career trajectory is you actually learn more about what you don't like doing than what you do like doing, Bingo. which I don't know is a good thing or a bad thing, but it does help you cross things off that list, the proverbial list. It really does. And it kind of gets, it puts you into this like, okay, never doing that again, but did learn a nugget of garbage that I, I'll take with me. Our romantic relationships. It's very yeah. similar. It's very, very, very similar indeed. And so could give us some, uh, a really awesome, like one minute overview of what McPherson's strategy does today. Sure. We uh, are a communications consultancy that helps helps corporations, NGOs, foundations, social enterprises tell the good, share the good that they're doing with the world in whatever means makes most sense for the audiences they're trying to reach. So it could be through traditional PR, digital, social, um, paid um, events, you name it, but essentially sharing the good and the impact that they're having on society. And, you know, I think that, you know, CSR has evolved so much. I want to even say that the last three to four years, because I remember when, before I had my agency uh, 10 years ago, and what people would say was CSR. And it was like, okay, which environmental company can we give money to on an Earth Day? And it'll be $5,000. Yeah. Uh, and now it's about like, okay, we're going to be building, we're going to be paying for the wells in Flint, Michigan. Like it's, it's grown in, and evolved in such a wonderful way. Like what have you seen as the biggest change? What you're, what you're addressing is just the philanthropic component, but what has totally transpired is companies now are baking it into everything that they do, the products that they manufacture, the, the causes that they fund, their, their ability to limit their carbon footprint. It used to be about, you know, that the CEO just sitting there and writing a check to, right. I'm going to say his, because we know even today, Bill very much is him. him. 
and a white him that is just writing maybe to have his name on a building or a name on a hospital. That is so far gone. Um, we see companies now using their, their power and impact for political change. We see companies using their power for social justice and social change. Um, and we see you know, kids growing up coming out of college and only wanting to work for companies that are much more than just writing that check. So, um, in, 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 and I think also hugely important is big investing houses, mutual funds, pension funds, are now only investing in companies that are gonna be around in 20, 20 years. So guess what? The big fossil fuel companies, the world is running out of fossil fuel. If they don't figure out other ways to create energy using solar, wind, uh, renewable sources, the financial community is not going to invest in them. So I hope I'm not going too into the weeds, but this is yeah. all the world of corporate responsibility. and. It, you know, consumers, employees, financial institutions are all demanding that companies step up. And the good news is, is when companies do, they reap the benefits. Well, that's the most important part. It's like, this isn't like, oh, I, I hope I can do this. This is like, this makes it's me money. It's, it's a mandate, yeah. <laughs> it is yeah. a mandate that you must yeah. follow. Yep, yeah. yeah. and, and DEI plays into this too, because companies that are building diversity and inclusion into their hiring process, not just writing a check to a Black Lives Matter movement, are actually going to be more profitable. At, studies are showing if your company is made up of what society looks like, guess what? You're going to be better at selling to that society. You know, if you include more people, guess what? It gets you more money. This isn't brain uh -huh. surgery here, but people just no. don't get it. And you know, I also no. think you know, part of this is that I think folks forget about the humanity of it all, the connection of it all which nicely dovetails into your book, <laughs> now that I think about it. Um, because, you know, you're, at, you know, how we met is because you are like the most master connector I've ever met. Aww, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, and I remember, we, I think we met at a dinner the first time I met you, and then we met somewhere else and somewhere else and somewhere else. Um, but I was just fascinated by how you viewed connection. And I'd love for you to tell, talk about that. Well, I, I thank connections for everything that has ever, good that has happened or I thank my connections for anything and everything good that has happened in my life um, for the the jobs I've 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 um, secured for promotions I've had for for just vacations I've, I mean everything has come down to that that proverbial connection um, and I honestly think in the hard times we're living in right now what has come become so evident to all of us is Nothing matters more than our relationships. And notice I didn't say network, right? Mm -hmm. I said those relationships, because I do believe, I'm not anti-networking at all. I mean, we know networking is so important um, professionally, but the lines are blurred now between our business and our personal lives. I mean, hell, we're all, many of us who, who have the privilege to do so are working in our living rooms. So just by nature of that, we are much more vulnerable but we're all, no matter who you are, you're, you're challenged right now. And you're realizing that what gets us through every day is those moments of laughter and levity with our friends, with our colleagues, with the people that we feel somewhat close to. So um, the book is very much about a process that I didn't even realize I had, but when I finally put it into kind of a, you know, a notepad, let's say, it came out to be gather, ask, do. 
Uh, and just simply put, gather is the ability to bring people together, which I realize not everyone feels the, um, has the guts to do that, but it is as simple as three people. You know, we don't have to make this anything complicated. But before you even do that is ask yourself, what are you hoping to accomplish with bringing these three people together? The ask is turning it around from what can I get? What can I get from the people that I connect with to how can I be helpful? How can I put back everything that has been, or at least some of what has been given to me in life? And then the third and probably most important is doing. When you say you're gonna connect somebody to somebody else, or when you say you're gonna suggest somebody for a role, or when you say you're gonna um, come back to them with your favorite restaurants in the city or that they are going to visit, you do it. And it's okay to not do it, but fess up, let them know that. And by nature of doing, you actually create consistency and people trust you. So that is essentially the book in a nutshell, the gather, ask, do means of building meaningful business relationships that will power our lives and our professional worlds. And, you know, it's, and it's just that simple. I mean, I often, you know, I, know, I heard all these people, oh, I hate networking. I'm like, okay, so do I. But I'm generally yeah. curious about people. And I think that there is, you know, a deep sense of empathy that comes with just learning about people because you just, oh my God, yes. I, and yes. that's the thing that's always, you know, you know, I never, I never used to be someone who was a connector. I just like, oh, you guys should know each other because you both do blah. <laughs> uh, um, and we it's both I've had drinks with, yeah, I've had drinks with both of you. So like, let's go have a chat. I mean, yeah. it's funny, like, you know, obviously our mutual friend, Jen Silva, how we became friends, oh, is that we connected. Uh-huh. And like, you know, she came and do the podcast and like we went for a drink after and then a bottle or two later, uh, we, <laughs> we, like, uh, we instantly became friends. And then it was like, and then it became this lovely, like this great relationship that kind of came out of like, we're generally curious about each other and didn't come from it like, well, oh, you're a CEO. I'm, I have an agency. We have to figure out a way to work together. Like, oh no, like, tell me what you're up to. Hey, what, here's what I yep. do. Here's the things <laughs> I want to hang out and do. Like this, what's wine is awesome, right? Like, and it's, I love it's it. really, it's important that people realize this isn't brain surgery here. This is just generally yeah. being a good person gets you so much further than anything else. Yeah. And, and I think what I'm trying to do is flip networking on its head because networking we know is transactional, but we also think of it as just numbers game and just get, get, get. And in reality, the numbers don't matter. In 20 years, all of your followers on these various platforms are going to be gone because we're going to be on to the next thing. But you know what is still going to be there? The people that you have, like you and Jen Silva are still going to be there. God willing, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. but that that is the, the notion. And and you continue, I mean, uh, the theme that, one of the themes that runs through the book is this notion of constellations that actually, you know, weave together stories. Well, that is what, when you bring people together, you create stories, you create meaningful um, uh, activities. And it doesn't just, it's not, there's not a start and a finish. I wish I could just, just more poetic, but. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, you just, you got it just right. You know, you know, thinking about all of this, what do you think you probably tell 25 year old Susan? Well, first of all, I tell them that there's so much more they're going to find out. So whatever they do now is not forever. I mean, that's, and I, I wish somebody had told me when I was 25 that I would have, you know, nine different roles, not, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But 
specifically around networking or excuse me, about building um, meaningful connections, I think it's first find out who you are. What are you hoping to accomplish? And what is your, I call it your chief differentiating factor, which sounds a little hokey, but what is it that's, how are you different? And different meaning a good thing, because we all have unique, and I don't mean our DNA, but our, our own personal imprint. And when you know that, you know you have something to offer. And it doesn't have to be financial, okay? It can mean just, you know, you were in a city a week before and you wanna, you, you have a friend who's going to that city and you take the time to help that person out about traversing that city. I mean, exactly. so it doesn't, I think we, we, we need to not overthink these things and all realize no matter who we are, no matter our age, no matter where we live, no matter where we come from, we all have something special to offer someone else. And I, I also, I do wanna make mention that this isn't all about give, give, give and not get, 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 because I have learned, and I think you have too, Laura, by giving, we do get. Totally, absolutely. Like it, it is reciprocal. It comes back in so many beautiful and surprising ways. I mean, I can tell you, I'm sure you have the same experience where you're like, you've done something, like what that was just because you wanted to just help out. And then like a few months later, something pops up and you're like, oh my God, that came from that? Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I just did it because you asked. Like, you know, I've given yeah. people directions for stuff or like recommended a restaurant and then like, oh, you will never believe the thing that came out. And then now we want to work with you on this and this and that. Or I love this it. great place you can go to. Like, I think, you know, we can't, we, we're moving the kind of like gross sort of transactional part of it is the key for all of this, where it's just like, right. just doing some good. Like, especially yeah. like, you know, I hope that, you know, one of my hopes for like this time as we you know are in kind of a new world is that we would kind of return to just basic kindness because we've had so much time of meanness and like that being glorified. But if we can go kind of revert back to like, you know, our better angels of being kind uh, without expecting something in return, um, we're all going to be on a much better path. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Here, here to that. And thinking about all that in terms of being kind, how about being kind to yourself? So obviously we're a year into a pandemic. What are you doing for for self-care? Well, you're, you're witnessing one of them. I have been walking ridiculous amounts of miles um, with my poor dog, who's probably to the point where she doesn't love walking eight, nine miles a day. But what I have found is as good as it is from an exercise perspective, living alone and being alone in this has been just, just horrible for someone like me who tends to thrive off being around others. But what I find is getting out and walking, I see people. So therefore, I'm not alone. Um, so that is one thing. Um, and I obviously have been keeping in regular touch with those that I love. Um, and I've even been reaching out to people that I haven't, you know, seen or talked to in years. Like I'm using this quote unquote, I don't want to call it downtime because we're all busier than we know what to do with. But right. every day I make space to reach out to people I haven't talked to in a few years. Um, and it isn't a heavy ask or lift. I just reach out and I say, hey, you popped in my brain and I wanted to say hello. And I get joy out of doing that. And I, I can't be 100% sure, but usually the person on the receiving end feels good that somebody out there somewhere in the world thought of them. And that, that is also what I have been doing. How about you, Laura? Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's, you know, I call that in the course that I teach about connecting, um, the five for five, like reach out to people you haven't talked to five days, five months, five years, 
five weeks and just see what they have to say and let's like and just exactly that like hey how are you um you popped you, you popped up in my linkedin feed or i just you know thought of you or something you did made me laugh because you never know how people's days are going and for you to like just give a reach out oftentimes it is sort of an energy thing that like when you it, do oh, reach totally. out it totally a sense of warmth comes back to you because like no one ever goes like oh my god why'd you reach out it's like oh hey so great to hear from you and like i got one of those you know yesterday and i was like oh my gosh i haven't talked to you forever and like we ended up chatting and it was such a lovely conversation we hadn't talked in like two years isn't um, that amazing but i think you know like i said it's it's that timing now where you know if we are good to ourselves and good to others lots of really lots of more good energy goes out in the world which will hopefully make us all for the better as we try and escape the madness that we're in right now um completely completely. and and i think that it's going to be this again it's not brain surgery this is hi how are you i mean for me i yeah my self-care has been before i got cold um i bought a bike and i actually been you know running my bike up and down the west side highway on the on the bike path not in the street because i'm scary cat <laughs> yeah as you should be good for you yeah and i know yeah i mean i logged i think something like 500 miles over the summer and into the fall oh, um and but i also got to listen to lots of books uh and lots of lots, lots of podcasts and I got to find out different parts of New York. Like I didn't know there was a lighthouse in New York City. Yeah. <laughs> How will I ever be at 178th Street in my life? <laughs> to be like, oh, look at that. And then, then but yep, call it pandemic. And yes, there I was. Uh, and, and I definitely just got one of the exercise, but it was just a renewed sort of stuff of grieving the air of New oh, York yeah. City, which, you know, I think, you know, everyone kind of freaked when we had everyone and when, when you first kind of shut down in March, but it was just nice to see the change, how like, people figured it out in the park. Like, here's, I will be over here, you'll be over there, but we socially distance. Um, and seeing, and just, and seeing the vibrancy of our city come back and breathing wow. in the fresh air of the water was just like, probably the best thing. Now it's way too cold. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, I don't know. I have since September 12th, which is when I started tracking, even though I walked all summer. So. I don't know how far, but since September 12th, I've walked 1,150 miles. Oh, my God. Oh, Susan. <laughs> no, insanity. Um, in, in that's circles. insanity. <laughs> that, that's, wow. I, okay. Do, I, do, I do a lot of my meetings. Like, I mean, I'm, you know, of course, I'm taping this podcast with you while I am actually walking. Um, and, it, it, you know, I'm 56 years old. So, I, you know, if I was to sit all day and do meetings, my back would just say, uh-uh, this isn't happening. So um, I definitely think this is more than just, you know, for the, for the exercise part of it. This is definitely self-care. It's fantastic. And so last question for you, do you have a give and or an ask of the audience? Well, I will start, of course, with the ask, and that would be, I hope you'll consider, um, purchasing my book or pre-ordering the book launches March 23rd and it's available at all on all the, the places you buy your your favorite uh, reading material um, <laughs> and then the give is for the next hundred books bought I will um, donate in the person's name to the organization called the 19th which is a new independent nonprofit newsroom um, made at the intersection of women and public policy globally. 
the 19th. And it has an asterisk on the top because we know the 19th Amendment was only serving white women at the time. So there's still a lot of work to be done. That is awesome. Uh, I love the 19th. Erin Hayes is like my spirit animal. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. I want to be here when I grow up. (laughs) Your audience would just have to email me. I realize this may be kind of a a big ask, but I want to be able to donate in their name. They would need to email me the receipt um, that they bought the book. So it's Susan at mcpstrategies.com. Cool. Um, We'll put all the details in the show notes to buy the book. Wonderful. Thank uh, you. So that the the, uh, folks at the 19th get a wonderful donation from from Susan in your honor with your name. Uh, Susan, it's been such a delight to have you on the show. See, we made it. (laughs) I am honored to be here, Laura. And thank you for all the good you are putting in the world. Um, You are truly an an inspiration. And uh, you made my day, my week. This was a delight. Oh, thank you so much, Susan. And as we said, I will put all the details to order Susan's book uh, in the show notes. Uh, Thanks for listening. And that is our show.